Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name is Dusty Slay. I am the host of the We're Having a Good Time podcast. And man, am I happy to be here. Um, I told you last week that I would uh, be on time with a podcast, but then I wasn't. So it's out a day late, about a day and a half late. And uh, well, I'm sorry about that. I don't know why. I have such trouble being consistent with a podcast, but uh, either way, uh, I'm pumped to be here. I got a hot episode for you. My mom was in town, and at the most of this podcast will be an interview that I did with my mom. She is going to uh, talk a little bit about some things I've talked about lately, which are being shot with a BB gun. Uh, driving a car in a pond, and a little other stuff uh, about growing up. Uh, And so she's going to be here to talk about a few things. Uh, That's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I don't know what kind of tenses I've used for this, but uh, I've I've already recorded that a little earlier today, and then I'm going to add it in to this podcast. So I don't know if I've said we're going to record it or we have, but just know that I may try to pretend like I'm going to ease right into that, but I already recorded it. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we had a good time doing it. My mom is has never um, done a podcast and had a little trouble holding the microphone. Uh, not physically, but, you know, if you've ever been to an open mic and you see a comic who's doing comedy for the first time and you just are like, hey, put the microphone up close to your face. It's that kind of thing. And um, but it, it is a lot of fun. Uh, so let's let's do a little a uh, little segment uh, that I like to call "Where We Been, Where We're Going." Where we've been, where we're going. Where they going? Where they been? Where they going? Where, where they been? Where we're going? Where we've been? All right. This weekend, uh, Saturday, I did the Grand Old Opry again which is a lot of fun. I, I always love doing the Grand Old Opry. It is still COVID times, so there is strict mass policies. There is no guest. And the area that we used to gather in to have popcorn and lemonade and sweet tea and coffee, well, that area is, is empty right now, so it is a sad state of affairs. But all of the great people that work at the Opry are still there. We just don't get to see each other's beautiful smiles anymore. We just look at into, we gaze into each other's eyes as we try to imagine what kind of facial expression that we're making. And that is the present world that we live in. What facial expression are they making? And that's what life is like now. And we've just accepted it. I went to McKay's bookstore yesterday and I was walking around looking at books, and I'm just like, man, we're all wearing masks in here, aren't we? We're just doing it. This started almost a year ago, and now we're just doing it. Everybody's got their cool, trendy masks now, and we're just doing it. And um, so that's what our lives are like. But I did the Opry. I did eight minutes. It's one of the shortest sets I've done at the Opry before, uh, but always a good time. I didn't get to end the way I wanted to end, but I I did have some good moments and uh, always fun. So I've done that. 
And then after that, I went over to Zany's. We had an all-star weekend. We had a cancellation there uh, from a comic. So we did a kind of a local all-star show, and I got to close that out. But it was a hot lineup uh, of people. I don't remember who was all on it now, so I hate to say any names. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. I got to hang out with people at Zany's and just do that whole thing. And then last night, I went and did a show with Josh Wolf, Josh Wolf and Friends. That was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, uh, a singer named Jelly Roll was there. Uh, and Josh Wolf and uh, Chance Willie and Mike James. And then we had a guy come out named Dre. His name was Dre. And I, when I first introduced myself to him, he said, Dre, and I was just trying to, you know, find out exactly what he was saying. And he said, Dre, like the doctor. And then it took me a minute. And I was like, oh, Dr. Dre. Okay, I get it. I've never been, I've never referred to Dr. Dre as the doctor. But uh, that was fun. And he had never done comedy before. So the concept of this show was that, this guy was going to go up and do five minutes that he wrote himself. And then when he's done, we're going to take him and we're going to try to rewrite his jokes and then make him a better comic. But really what happened is we rewrote his jokes. Uh, I don't think he used one single joke that I wrote, which happens to me all the time. People ask me for help writing jokes and then I give them jokes and they will not use them. They refuse to use them. And once in a while, someone will. And, uh, you know, sometimes it gets a laugh, sometimes it doesn't. And it's like, I don't know, you know, I'm not, I'm not batting a thousand with this, but uh, it always blows my mind. So he didn't use any of the jokes that I told him. But in his defense, uh, Josh Wolf's idea was that we would all stand off to the side with microphones while he's trying to perform and then make fun of him. It was very funny for us, but it must have been uh, hell for that guy on stage. But hey. That's not my problem. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Life is good. And then um, this weekend, where am I going? S Dalton, Georgia, to a place called The Mill. I'm just doing one show on Saturday. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, though. They, I was told that a couple of days ago that we're pretty close to selling out. It could be sold out now. It could not be. I don't know. But I'll be at a place called The Mill. I'm excited to go there. Uh, I'm excited to get out on the road. I think uh, Chance Willie is going to go with me, and I think my friend Matt Price is going to go, and he's going to do some filming, so hopefully we can get a new on-the-road segment filled. My YouTube channel is uh, still going strong. I got some new videos out. I just put out a 20-minute video of me talking about Last Comic Standing that I talked about on the podcast last week, but I added some pictures and some stuff like that, and I tried to edit out a lot of my uhs. I had no idea I said uh so much. I like to say and, I go uh, and uh, and then I might not finish. There might not be a rest of that statement. I end sentences with and uh, which is not a good way to end because people are waiting for me to say another thing. Usually when somebody says, and, uh, they got something else to say, but I don't necessarily. I'm, when I do that, sometimes I'm just, uh, that's how I end it. I'm like, there's more, but I don't know what it is. So 
My mom's been in town for a few days, but I'm going to be there at the mill. It's going to be great. You can go to my website, DustySlay.com. My YouTube channel is looking great. I'm getting more and more subscribers every day. That's becoming my most fun social media. It was TikTok for a while, but I'm pretty bored with it now. Um, I've been using a lot of these clips from the podcast, and I'm putting in some home videos and stuff like that, and it's great. Um, and uh, Oh, there I go. I was doing it again. Um, but so I'll be at Dalton, Georgia at the mill. And what's been going on here? What has been going on this week? I've been, my mom's been in town the whole week and we've been doing stuff, but it really, uh, it's been a lot of fun, but you know, at any time you have a guest in town, it throws you off your routine a bit. Cause sometimes what I need to do is do nothing for about four hours. And then that will help me get in the zone to do something. I have a hard time just getting right into it. I got to meander around for a bit. I got to mess around a little. But I do have more on-the-road videos. I got a video from Seattle, Washington that I've never edited. I did a lot of footage in Seattle, uh, and I never edited it. I got one from Vegas that I never edited. And that may be all the footage that I've Oh, I got now I got some stuff from Kansas City. So I'm going to get those out. I'm working on, I'm going to be working on some exciting stuff for the podcast. The podcast may change in the near future. Uh, we may get a bit of an upgrade. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I'm, you know, uh, the idea is that I'll be tightening it up. I'll, I'll come up with segments and really try to be on it where I'm like, I'm really pre-planned and I'm not free-flowing. I enjoy the free-flowing aspect of it because I'm not on here with another person meandering. I'm kind of meandering with myself. And it helps me really think and, and, and get things out. Um, so, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead and get into the segment with my mom and with Hannah. And then I'll come back on here and close it out after that's over. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen... Uh, now we'll begin the podcast with my mom. Okay, now we're here to special guest portion of the show. We haven't had a guest in a while, um, but I have two guests with me right now. Uh, very, uh, first off, I have uh, my, my first guest, who is my wife, my former podcast co-host and former producer, Hannah Hogan. Hey, great to be back in the studio, Dusty. All right, and if you're listening, then you hear her just fine. But if you're watching, you don't see her, and that's because she's refused to be on camera today, which is okay. I'm okay with it. But we also have in studio uh, my mom, Edna Slay. Hey, thanks for having me today. All right. <laughs> All right. This is her first podcast that she's ever done. Yep. And she came up to help me getting a colonoscopy and an endoscopy, as they call it. Um, and I'm totally fine. Uh, so the doctor told me, uh, all the results came back good and that I, uh, uh, ruptured my appendix in the normal way. So whatever that means. <laughs> so since my mom is here, I thought, Hey, I've told stories recently about us taking a cruise together. I told a story about us driving a car in a pond and I told a story about me getting shot with a BB gun, so I thought I'd have her come on here and weigh in. So, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Glad to be here. Remember to put the mic at your mouth. 
Glad to be here. Yeah, talk into that thing. <laughs> Again, first podcast here. So yep. she doesn't, doesn't do a lot of, uh, you know, especially super famous podcasts like this. She doesn't <laughs> do. And uh, so uh, I just want to recap. We, because um, I talked about this a, a, a little while back, and I don't want to just dwell on the same old stories over and over again, but, you know, I will. Um, this uh, couple of weeks ago, I talked about being shot with a BB gun. When I was five years old, I got shot with a BB gun, and my mom didn't know that I did that podcast, uh, and she brought with her this time the shirt that I was wearing when I got shot with a BB gun. Can we see that shirt here? Mm-hmm. All right, we're setting on it. I mean, it's an archive, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But it's right here. The hole is right here where I got shot. Aww. And it went in. Now, this is not blood on there. I don't know how the shirt got so filthy. I think it just been stuck in a drawer for so long. Yeah, so this shirt's been around for 23 years. And I got shot in this shirt, wearing this shirt. <laughs> so that's why I don't wear a lot of horizontal stripes to this day. Uh, it's bad luck for me. But that was the shirt I was wearing when I got shot. And so I just thought, I was five years old. Uh, you know, a bit of my details are foggy, so I thought I'd have my mom on to talk about that day. Well, we had just, uh, you and I had gone down to my mama's house to visit with her, and um, we were sitting in her den, and you and my nephew, Jonathan, was uh, playing in the living room, which is like two rooms over from where we were, and y'all were just playing cops and robbers or G.I. Joe. I don't really know what you were playing. So we were just sitting in there talking, and all of a sudden we hear you just scream, and it's just such a scream that, you know, you know something's wrong. So I get up, I run in there, and you're not, laying on the floor. Not the typical scream that I would normally do. Normally, not the not the little kid scream, just a terror. It was terrible. Terror. How do you say it? Terrible. Terrible. Terrifying. <laughs> Terrifying. That's the word I'm looking yeah. for. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, I get up and I run in there and you're laying on the floor and you're hollering, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Jonathan shot me. And then Jonathan's over there screaming and he just falls in on me. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he's just screaming, I'm so sorry. And mama comes in there and I said, Mama, please take care of him and, and then call the hospital. I'm fixing to take Dusty to the hospital. There was no blood. There was no blood. I could feel a bump up under your shirt. And I thought, well, it's just up under the skin. And it was a it was a BB gun that my daddy had kept in the house. He had uh, Catawba worms, trees that he fished. You know, he'd collect them for fishing. And he'd shoot wasps because they would eat his worms. Sorry. And so anyway, he, um, I picked you up and I took you and got you in the car and I set you up and I was holding you up the whole time and you was going, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. I said, I know, baby, I know. And we was just flying down the road and of course you never don't see a cop, you know, when you need one. But anyway, once we got to the hospital, mama had already called him, let him know he was on the way and they took you back for x-rays. And then when they came back, they said, well... The BB went through his lung, all the way through his lung, and I said, he said it's caused it to collapse at the top, and uh, they didn't seem too, you know, too worried about it, but they were going to keep you overnight, so he walked out, and you looked up at me, and you said, 
Mom, am I going to die? And I said, no, baby, you're not going to die. It was the first time I broke down. It was so scary. (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, we had to call everybody, and your dad comes down, and you had to stay overnight in the hospital, and we, me and, well, I drew pictures for you all night long, and he, he, we rode you around in a wagon with your little patch on your chest, and he come and got you the next morning and took you home with him, and. Yeah, because they weren't m- married at the time, right. and uh, so he's probably like, jeez. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a terrible mother sometimes. I said, the pawn, well, BB. Well, it's, it's not your fault that Jonathan shot me in the chest with a BB gun. Yeah. I mean. Well, I did get my brother named to bring bring him down there that night to see you, to make sure you was, so he would see that you were okay, because it really... It really scared him. He was only like, what, seven? Well, I bet he was scared he was going to go to jail for killing me. <laughs> I don't know if he thought about jail. <laughs> I don't think he thought about jail, but I think he was pretty scared. It kind of scarred him, I think, a little bit for a while. So how did his lung go back to normal then? Because that BB bullet is still in, in him right now. Well, it, it penetrated all the way through the lung, and so it... um. It just kind of seals back up, I think. That's all I know to tell you. But I like that I didn't bleed. I'm not much of a bleeder, you know. I've been punched in the face quite a few times, and rarely do I bleed, mm-hmm. you know. Well, it didn't bleed. There was no blood. And, man, I thought it was right there up under the skin. And when he said it went through your lung, I, I just, it's like a my breath just went out of me. Well, wow. this wasn't just a BB gun. This You could pump this up a bunch of times. It's called and, an air, air rifle. Yeah, and they make... You know, when I was a kid, I had a 12-pump BB gun. You're supposed to pump it up 12 times, and that's the strong shot. But we pumped it up like we were doing it like 100 times, (laughs) and we shot through a car tag with a BB gun one time. We actually blew the barrel out of the gun. We had to duct tape it back in. Me and James used to shoot. We could shoot. We shot through a car tag. So, you know, that's not that one-pump BB gun that, that doesn't penetrate. Yeah. I mean, it'll get it. And it is still in there. It's been in there for a long time. Yeah. So I, you know, I just wanted to get you on here to, cause you know, you have the details of mama, am I going to die? Um, you know, Oh, that was, that was heart wrenching. But when I took you back to school, your teacher says, Oh my gosh. When I told her what happened, she said, Oh my gosh. She said, we didn't know where he was. He'd been gone for four days. <laughs> and we didn't know anything. Yeah, and then we were like, no big deal. He just got shot <laughs> in the chest. He's back, though. He's all right. We're really more concerned about his cousin, who seems devastated by it. <laughs> he was pretty devastated. <laughs> <laughs> so that was when I was five. But when I was uh, a bit younger, uh, 21 months old. Um, Actually, younger than that, because that happened in February, and your birthday wasn't till May, so you weren't quite two. Okay. So tell us about that. I mean, I, I've, I've shared the story. I put it on my YouTube. I mean, it's out there now. Um, but I, you know, it's just, uh, I'm just trying to, you know, if it's a long time ago, so. Yeah, me and, uh, yeah, it was probably 80, what, 83, 84? Roughly somewhere around yeah. there, yeah. Your dad and me were still married, and we lived up there in Penton where he is. And I worked second shift at Ampex. So I would always go out and get the mail, and sometimes I'd just pick it up and take it to work with me, and he'd get mad at me about the mail. 
So that one particular morning, you and so, I were. Oh, so you would pick up the mail, and this is always a detail that's been foggy for me. So you would pick up the mail and then just drive on to work, but then your dad would get, then my dad would get mad that you took the the, yeah, the mail not. to work. Yeah. So the reason you pulled back into the house was so he wouldn't get mad at you. Exactly. Okay. I put the mail back on the thing, and then I heard, I heard the click. Well, I'd left you in the car, and back then there was no car seats. So you were standing in the front seat. Okay. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So anyway, I go in, I lay the mail down, and I heard this click. And I run out, and just as I walk out the door, the car is already moving, and it goes between the – the door was open. I had left the door open. And um, when it went between the porch and the tree, the tree caught the door and shut the door. And then it goes, it's going toward this pasture out here. And I'm I'm trying to chase it down, right? Well, it goes through the fence. And I'm almost to the car. And my foot gets caught in the fence, so I fall. Dang. Well, there's gas tanks on the other side of the, the pasture, and I'm just panicking. Well, you get out, out in the middle of the field, the car turns. Now, your dad always said that you turned that car, but I thank God helped you turn that car <laughs> well probably so exactly but what, anyway what do you mean by gas tanks just for people listening oh okay well they uh, there was a gas company had gas tanks like propane tanks propane tanks up there where they come and build up their tanks to, so to I, deliver so the car this this uh 98 oldsmobile big car was headed right towards a propane tank exactly okay i didn't know that detail yeah well anyway it it makes a, a right turn i don't know if it hit a hole like i said i think god just helped you, you and you may have laid down on the steering wheel i don't know i'll but, give god uh, the credit yeah me too and anyway it turns and it goes down and it goes down a hill and there's another fence down there <laughs> and I can see it so plain. When that car went through that fence, there was a barbed wire right across the top. And it just took, it went right across the top of the car and just, it had like, oh, what was that, vinyl roof on it, it at yeah. that time? And it just, it just tore it up. But then it broke and I was able to get through that fence. And I've seen that car and it, there's a little pond back there. And I hated that pond. I was scared of that pond, right? That car just, it didn't dive over in there, kind of, sort of, but it just kind of went over in and floated out. <laughs> and I didn't hesitate, honey. I jumped in that water. I had on my nice blue jeans, my nice white Nike shoes. And you can't swim. And I can't swim. And I had no idea how deep it was. Well, I go around to the to the passenger side of the car, because it's already starting, the front's already starting to go down, right? Well, it's electron, electronic everything in there, right? And I couldn't open the front door. So I go all the way around to the car. Instead of opening the back door there, I go all the way around the car. And I'm walking on the bottom of the pond. And uh, and I'm crying. I'm hollering, Dusty, Dusty. <laughs> and anyway, I tried the front door on, on the driver's side, and it wouldn't open. And as the car's going down, I grab the back door, and it opens. And you just you're just standing there looking. Like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> and I grab you and pull you out, and your feet get a little bit wet because the water's cold. It's like 20 degrees out there, right? And you you whimper a little bit, but not much. And we, I wade on out, and the car's just going, and the radio was on, and it just goes, 
we go to get out of the pond and you're just you're just looking around you go cows cows there's a cow standing here and i'm crying <laughs> I said, and we walk up the up the hill past the barn go in the house and i call your grandmother uh and she came up there but i it was so cold out there i promise you when i took those blue jeans off i could have stood them up they were just frozen oh, it dang. was so cold wow and then I had to dread your dad coming home because I know he was going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember if I got had somebody come and get that car out of the pond before he got home or not. I don't remember. I think I did because I didn't want him to come home and see it in the pond. So he he has a he has a lot of reason to hate me sometimes. Because <laughs> 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 oh, one time I got his truck stuck in a a ditch trying to play with a four-wheel drive but yeah he what was, were you doing there <laughs> just playing with his truck. like trying to get off in the mud yeah yeah, yeah. he hates that he, he hates he mud said, riding he says you're supposed to lock them before you go in the mud not wait till you get in it <laughs> <laughs> poor thing he probably has ulcers because of me yeah wow that's a that's a wild story from your mom's perspective because you always tell it, Dusty, just from what, oh. you know, secondhand storytelling. Yeah, yeah, these are just things I remember. Yeah, <laughs> or, or, or been told. You don't remember I that I don't pond. remember it all. I remember the pond, but I don't remember the incident. Yeah. Pond's still there. Yeah. Why were you scared of that pond? It was dark and dank and just... It's just a gross eerie. pond. Yeah. It is a gross pond. A lot of snakes. I used to catch little I turtles I sat on a there. snake one time over there. Oh, yeah? Yeah, but he was already dead. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's bad water if it's killing the snakes. No, your daddy had run over it with the, the little thing he cuts around the pond. Oh, yeah. yeah he had already killed Bush it. Bush hog. Yeah, and it was laying under the, the grass that I sat on. I was pregnant with you about almost nine months pregnant. You think this fat girl didn't get up real quick? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, all right. Well, I want to ask this. Now, <coughs> Hannah told me that her dad can't swim. And you can't swim. No. And and I it and the reason that I find it so interesting, and I just because I know you grew up in the country, and we me growing up, we always swam in creeks and ponds and stuff like that. We were always so. What? Why do you think you didn't learn to swim? Well, my next door neighbor, <clears throat> Mr. Sims, we call him Mr. Shorty. Just pull it down. Yeah, there you go. We call him Mr. Shorty. He uh he always took the boys down to the creek. And he taught them how to swim, but they always went down there for what I was told and swam naked. Oh, yeah. And me being the only girl around, I wasn't allowed to go. Classic sexism, right? Wow. Eh? <laughs> so I never learned. And uh, as the years went on, I just never did. And I'm really, sometimes I'm really afraid of water. Yeah. I mean, if you can't swim, it's scary. Yeah. What about water parks? I don't do water parks. Wow. <laughs> I don't like going. I don't like. The idea of sliding down a slide and uh, falling in that water and it covering up my head. It just scares me. Yeah. So. Well, water, can, it can be scary if you can't swim. I recently mm -hmm. had a friend tell me, we used to go to Folly Beach and drink all the time. And he, he was from Illinois and he wasn't a strong swimmer. And he told me that one day he was down hanging out with us. And he we were always just drunk. We weren't paying attention to what's going on. He went out into the water got caught in the ocean, got caught by the current. It drug him way down. He says he almost drowned. 
He was about a mile down the beach when he came out, finally got out of the water, and then he walked back. He said it took him like an hour to get back, and he showed back up, and we like didn't even notice he was gone. So it's scary. Yeah. How did you learn how to swim just having that pool? Uh, well, I learned to swim before the pool. Uh, Who taught you? I guess my dad just taught me to swim. Yeah, Because I did. took swimming lessons. Like, we went to a pool. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't take any lessons. I think he just taught me how to swim. And okay. I, I sent Trisha and Jennifer, your sisters, down to Auburn University for swim lessons when they were small. Okay. <clears throat> I said I was not going to have my kids not know how to swim. Yeah, it's good to know how to swim. And um, so, all right. So then, and then the other story that I talked about recently was us going on a cruise. <laughs> And I, you know, and when I talked about that, I kind of made fun of the costume and then talked about how good everybody else's costumes looked. And then when I went and found the pictures, I was actually like, their costumes didn't really look that good and yours look great. Can you talk about the costumes a little bit? Well, when I first booked the cruise and it had the paperwork for, you know, what we were supposed to do, it said that they wanted homemade costumes, no store-bought costumes. So I didn't know what I was going to make, and I thought, well, I liked, always liked Raggedy Ann and Andy. Of course, being you being my son, you had to be junior. Yes. So anyway. Raggedy Andy Jr. <laughs> I proceeded to make the costumes, and I made, uh, made you a shirt. I made, uh, I don't think I made you pants. I think we just bought you pants. I think you had a thing, but I wore overalls. Okay. I can, I can remember that part, but I know I made the hair. I made all the hair and I bought the makeup and and I was so thrilled and we I know you and me went around and you promoted us really well all over the ship. And, yeah. And we got invited to be on the stage and that was all I wanted. I was so tickled. Yeah. Because I knew we weren't going to win when I saw that uh, what Frankenstein and his bride. Oh, and yeah. Definitely bought costumes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got kicked out in the first round once we made it right. on the stage, but we did make it on the stage. Yep. And we looked good. Yep. We did. And then yeah, we, I heard Dusty, you know, in that story, he was just everybody's friend that night. Oh, yeah. It was fun. It was super fun. And we had a good time on the cruise all together, but we went to Cozumel. Yeah. And we, uh, do you remember some stuff about that? Well, <clears throat> I kind of do. I know we did a lot of walking and, you know, we didn't, we really didn't know enough about the island to know what to do. So they, we saw people renting scooters and I talked you into renting a scooter and, uh, <laughs> neither one of us knew how to drive one, but you did really well. Yeah. And then they had big holes in the road yeah, and we, we rode around and I mean, it was nice. You could see everything and it's, it's just, you know, one big island. So we just rode around and. Uh, got around, I think, onto the back side of it when it uh, started raining. Yeah. And we had to pull over, and uh, we stopped at this little this little shack where they were selling T-shirts. And I don't remember the details. It seems like you did, but I know we bought two T-shirts because we were soaking wet. And I do remember them saying on the ship that don't eat anything that was grown on the island. <laughs> and we were we stopped one place and got a beer and some. I got some tacos. You said I'm not eating that. Them tomatoes was grown on this island. <laughs> so you wouldn't eat anything. You drink a few beers, but you would not eat anything. But I ate a few tacos and didn't make me sick. Well, anyway, when we was buying the t-shirts, there was a, a truck came by. 
And on the back of that big truck was about three or four guys sitting up there. I don't know if they were soldiers or what, but they had like machine guns. And I thought, oh, gosh, we're fixing to die. <laughs> <laughs> but we went on and got us a little drink and sat there till it quit raining. And then we took off again, run into some more rain. And you got so mad at me because... Sometimes when I get really scared, I'd laugh a lot, you know, because it just covers up being scared, and I would laugh. <laughs> it's like, if you're so scared, why are you laughing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's confusing. just what I do. <laughs> what, I think it's, it's what I do to cover up being afraid. But we went into the town. Yep. And then everybody was driving crazy, and then we went to that store. Oh, yeah, the store. And that we, was kind of awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We got confused. Well, on we was trying to we was trying to make sense out of the how they priced everything. You know, they yeah. had one price that it equals to this price, and we thought, oh, that's pretty cheap. And we were going to buy some almonds, and I think they wound up being like twenty dollars. Well, I think we only had about twenty dollars left in our pocket anyway. So we just said, ah, we don't want it. And we got outside, and you said, you know, I really was thirsty. <laughs> yeah. I think we went in there just to get something to drink. And then we saw these almonds, and we thought, that's a good deal. We walked out with nothing, and you said, oh, I was really kind of thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was kind of embarrassed, but heck, you know, and people won't never see us again. Nah, they won't. And, it, you know, maybe it made them feel good that day. Yeah. You know, they, could go. they could talk about us for a little while. I know it. We probably was talked about quite a bit. Yeah. And then we started walking back, and finally, I think then we finally catch us a, a little cab to get back to the oh, to I the dock. Oh, I didn't know about that. I think we did, because it was such a long walk, and it was so hot. It was we hot. We finally caught us a little ride. Then we sat at that little canteen, cantino, or whatever you call it. Little that bar. Was, yeah, it yeah. was pretty fun. Yeah, we had some more drinks. Yeah. And, yeah. It was a good time. Okay. Well, Hannah, do you have any questions? No, I think it, it's just, uh, I think it's great, all these stories. <laughs> what about, like, didn't you guys have, like, pet rats and weird animals and stuff? What? Desi did. Didn't someone have no a rat? Rats. I had a mice The only rats I had was in a trap. Well, I had um, a pet frog for a little while. Remember, I caught a bunch of tadpoles one time. And then I kept them in an aquarium on the porch for a long time. And then I don't know how long they were out there, but it froze. The aquarium froze about a thick layer. And then I lifted it up and there were two tadpoles alive in there. And so we chiseled it out and you were able to get those tadpoles out of there. And one of them went down the drain while we were doing it. <laughs> but then the other one we saved and kept and it turned into a frog. Wow. And I had a pet frog for a little while. I remember and, all the turtles you used to keep everywhere. And then another guy brought over a bullfrog tadpole, and I had it, and then it turned into a frog. So I had two frogs for a while. They both escaped and died. I uh, found one under the rug, like it had gotten smashed. Aww. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and but didn't your sisters have, like, rats well, well, or mice was, or something? Well, this was later. Jennifer... Oh was raising rats for a while to sell to people that had, had snakes. snakes. <laughs> okay. And so, I mean, you know, it's a business idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How she, many did she have in the uh, house? She ended up having a lot of them. Wow. Now, I had mice for a while, but, I mean, they're gross too, but rats are big. I had little mice. 
and uh, they were a lot of fun. Okay. But I also, you know, I had a dog named Grunt for a while. Yeah. Remember all the turtles? Oh, yeah. I had a bunch of turtles. I used to catch terrapins or box turtles or whatever you call them. And, uh, yeah, I had a little aquarium out there or, or a little well, cage. Well, you had a little fence and a cage. And yeah. Then you had a bunch up at your dad's house, too. Yeah. And, the, you know, you catch a turtle, <laughs> they won't really come out of the shell. But after a while, they'll kind of get used to you. I guess they get hungry. And they come out, and then I would just feed them worms, and they would just eat the worms, and then I could pet their little heads. <laughs> <laughs> we used to have a video of you out there with all those things. Yeah, we had a video with some commercials I made, too. I made a Spectracide commercial one time, me and Costa did, but I can't find that You and Costa and James. James never was too talkative, though. Nah. Um, you and Costa, though. Mm, he was a mess, too. <laughs> But me and Kenneth were talking about Floral Park the other day, talking about hanging out down there at Floral Park. And uh, just kind of reminiscing on that. Is Floral Park still active? No. Nah. What's that? It's a it's a softball field that I used to play ball on. I used to umpire over there. Dusty was over there with me all the time, all the time. I don't want to hate sports. <laughs> I do? No. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we'd be over there playing cup ball. I was talking about that recently, how all the adults had bats and balls and gloves and the kids out there. We just had to ball up a <laughs> paper wax cup and throw it and hit it with our hands. <laughs> so deprived. <laughs> yeah. Mm. That's how we occupied our time. Yeah. Oh, there's also the bowling alley. We used to go to the bowling alley. Oh, that was always fun. Oh, what can you say about the bowling alley? Didn't you say that one time you were voted? Uh, my team was voted less liked team to bowl against because we had too much fun. <laughs> less liked team to bowl against. Why? Because y'all would drink and just be rowdy and yeah, we were kind of rowdy. We um, it was. One of the guys would bring in a bottle of liquor. We'd buy a great big Coke, and we'd sip on it all night, and all four of us would be toasted by the time I got my, And Lord forgive me, how I got my son home sometimes. <laughs> that goes with his little story about uh, drinking and driving. Yeah. I got pretty good at it, I guess. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You got to learn to do it. Yeah. He was too young to be my DD, so... He didn't know the difference. Yeah, and I, I mean, <laughs> I was, thought all, it was. He thought it was pretty normal. <laughs> yeah, and I was already wrecking cars anyway. Yeah, right? there was no car seats back then. There was no designated drivers. No. <laughs> we were just doing things different in the eighties. Yeah. I wasn't drunk, drunk, but I was feeling good. So what about what? What made your team so less like to bowl against? So because what? we were loud and we were loud, we would drink, we'd have a good time, and we'd beat the socks off of them. Okay, all right. <laughs> so you were winning. Yeah, we were. We, uh, yeah, we won a lot. We uh, we never won first place, but I think we won second place most of the time. Yeah, but they hated us. Do you remember hanging out in the bowling alley? Oh yeah, I used to hang out there all the time. What would you do? Just sit around and well, watch? Well, I remember run around like crazy. We used to wrestle. We would wrestle a lot. We would wrestle. I remember wrestling in the uh, there, like there was like one door that you would come in, and then there was a little area, and then you would go through a second door. And we used to wrestle right there in that little area. So every, <laughs> you, you and the other kids, yeah. So everybody coming in had to like walk around us <laughs> to get in. <laughs> And I remember one time I was there, and um, I think you were you were dating a guy named Ed, and and it may not have been him. That's just in my memory. 
And I was up there watching this guy play Mario on, I was very little. I was watching this guy play Mario on arcade. And back then there was, you know, there was two sides to the arcade. So you could play together. But so this guy was playing on the one side and then the other side was where I was standing. And I was just watching him. And he had got, I remember he was in the castle about to beat the bad guy. And he stopped for a rest. And then it had like, he was sitting in this little cubby. And then the dragon was blowing fire see where this is going. over the hole. And I'm just standing there and he's on the player one and there's player two over there. I'm assuming that player two doesn't work. So I just reach up and hit the button for player two and it makes his guy jump and then he gets killed. <laughs> and then that guy pushes my head into the uh, pinball machine. Oh it doesn't gosh. break. But I remember hitting my head and then I start crying and then I go over to you guys and then if it was Ed, it might, and then he, I remember him going over and having a talk with the guy. Yeah. Um, wow. But yeah, I mean, it was. <laughs> Bull Valley gets real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, I mean, times. Yeah. It's competitive. That's probably because they knew that you were affiliated with the least liked team. Yeah, that could be it. <laughs> And maybe I contributed to being the least liked team. I mean, like those dang kids running around here. That, that's good. That's yeah. good that you made a contribution there. Yeah. Mm, that's pretty fun. Other than softball and bowling, I guess I was pretty boring. Well, it's pretty exciting. Oh, no, that's not the impression I get. I hear you were the fun parent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, didn't I, mean, have, I didn't have four-wheelers and stuff for him to ride, but we, we tried. Yeah, we had a good time, though. Always singing in the car. Yeah. He, no. When we go on trips, he had this little CD player. People don't even know what that is probably now, but a little CD player with these little headphones. And he played uh, Bo Cephas and Charlie Daniels. And he knew every Charlie Daniels song I think there was. And he just sang to the top of his lungs. Wow. Some things never change. Yeah. And then he, uh, we'd go on a trip. Sometimes we'd take the cousin that shot you he yeah. would go with us and he you'd make him you would make him film you all the time <laughs> well you know uh let's keep the shooting going you know you're gonna shoot me with a gun now shoot me with a camera i know i know he likes shooting i like being shot yeah wouldn't you guys take like um vacations or road trips up to nashville or we to did Tennessee? Nashville. We did Gatlinburg. We didn't ever do the beach thing, I think. We did one time when you was real little. but Yeah, that the one trip to Gatlinburg, I remember we took, it was me, you, Mama, and Jonathan. And, you know, yeah. th there's a little video I can hear, I I've watched, and you can, Jonathan's filming me, and I'm back there being a lunatic. <laughs> and you can hear the radio in the front of the car so loud. <laughs> I think you guys are trying to drown me out. <laughs> I think sometimes I like to play my radio loud because Mama didn't ever want me to play it at all. She she didn't like playing the radio in the car for some reason. Now we did a lot of trips with her. We did, and we used to, you know, a lot. But we always see stuff at the rest area where they have the little picnic areas. We actually would stop there and eat yeah. at the picnic areas. We would take a little break, make some sandwiches. Yeah, we my uh, aunt made us some sandwiches to come back from Texas one time and. Dusty didn't like mayonnaise. Still don't like mayonnaise. And his sandwich had mayonnaise on it. He made such a big deal out of it. I said, just scrape it off. But 
Mayonnaise is disgusting. <laughs> I love mayonnaise. And I wish people would get that in their head that you don't put mayonnaise on everybody's sandwich. <laughs> I'll make a big deal about it today. <laughs> my my dad actually gets mad at me to this day that I don't like mayonnaise. I don't get mad at anybody that don't like mayonnaise. He does. He does not. He likes to put mayonnaise on. I think he put mayonnaise on a grilled cheese. I don't. Yeah, I've seen people do that. That's I don't disgusting. like. I don't like a lot of ketchup. So. I don't like a lot of ketchup either. Mustard is my favorite. Yeah. But yeah, don't put mayonnaise. Well, because like this, my stepmom used to put. She would make bologna sandwiches. And then she would put a lot of mayonnaise on there. And then on white bread, once you get to the center of it where there's no crust anymore, it's just two pieces of thin, now moist bread with thick mayonnaise under there. It's like, oh, I still want to throw up thinking about it. I used to eat mayonnaise sandwiches when I was a kid. Yeah, Gross. your dad eats mayonnaise sandwiches. Gross. Your dad eats... Is it banana and mayonnaise? Yeah. I do that too. That's the only way I actually do find that acceptable. I I mean that blows <laughs> my mind. I eat banana sandwiches with man- mayonnaise. Yeah, I don't know. I actually find that acceptable. I mean, I just don't. I'm not. I don't like mayonnaise, to that. but I like mayonnaise when it's used for other things. Like I like ranch dressing and I like tartar sauce. Yeah. And what about like a chicken salad sandwich or a tuna sandwich? I usually, if I do tuna salad, I usually make it with mustard. Yeah. But weird. if I buy it, I can handle it. If I go to a place, get a chicken salad, I can handle it. I just don't like to see the mayonnaise go into the, when I'm mixing it. What about? Uh, peanut butter and banana sandwiches. I'm into that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I'm into that. I'm not into that. You don't like peanut butter, though. You don't like not peanut much. butter? Not much. Huh. Well, when I was pregnant with Dusty, uh, me and Richard had gone somewhere. I used to sell Tupperware. And we had gone down, I think it was to Montgomery for a Tupperware show or something. I can't remember exactly what we were down there for. But I'd made us a bunch of peanut butter sandwiches, and I ate more than I should have and it made me sick and I have a hard time eating peanut butter to this day yeah. wow tell us about a Tupperware show what were those uh, all about well I just saw Tupperware I did Tupperware parties yeah yeah it was pretty fun but it got really oh really fast yeah I can see that she didn't make a lot of money off of it unless she just was super duper good at it and yeah. then you know I lived in Lafayette so you couldn't get a lot of shows up there I always find that with any of those things, Mary Kay, Tupperware, um, what what were some of the others that we did over the years? Well, uh, weren't oh. you involved in Amway? Amway, that was the one I was trying to think of. That was a big loser. Yeah, we uh, Hannah went to the doctor here in uh, Nashville for immigration. And this guy said that he, he came to one of her shows and saw her do comedy. And he said, I want to talk to you about like a business venture or whatever so we got together uh, me and hannah went and then we met with this guy and his wife at a starbucks and i thought i was thinking the guy because you know he's a christian guy he liked her comedy he liked my comedy i thought he had some type of comedy like a corporate gig yeah comedy thing in mind so yeah. we sat down and immediately i see the amway pamphlet Yep. And I go, oh, God. But I was engaged because yeah, I'd never yeah. heard of Amway before. So I'm like, interesting. Tell me about this venture. And then, and then I go, we're not in. No, but he, no, no. He talks to us for an hour yeah. without letting us get a breath in. Yeah. And then at the That's, end, I'm thinking, all right, what is my, what is my, I don't even know if we're married. At, we might have been married at this point. Uh, 
But I'm like, all right, what is Dusty thinking? You're like, all right, thank you very much. Good day to you, sir. <laughs> and then we just get up. And I'm like, wait, what? And it was so, I felt like it was so rude and I didn't understand. I was so confused because oh. he was such a nice guy. And then we're in the parking lot and you're like, look, this is a pyramid scheme. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was trying to think yeah. of, what it was called, pyramid. Because yeah. you got to get people under you to to get buy into it to make money. If you if you're just at the bottom level, you can't make any money. You got to, you got to almost force people to go in there and, and sell up under you and you get part of their commission when well, they get people up under them and then you get part of their commission and that's how you make money but and that's why this guy was working so hard he's trying yeah. to get off that bottom level but i just thought it was so unethical this is a doctor that was recommended on the u.s immigration website for me to go to yeah. and he's trying to pitch me on a pyramid scheme i'm right. like what is this you're like country? A, <laughs> you're like a fresh immigrant into the country and yeah. he's trying to get you on a pyramid scheme yeah it really was and and i was just like oh no i was like we're not i felt like you were so american in that moment because you just knew yeah. you just knew what was going on was, i was like oh was i've never a, heard of this before it was around i think probably when we tried to get into that yeah I mean, and there was there was Tupperware, and there was also a thing with like knives, or or, or not knives, but like cookware. What, cookware. What now, was that? I didn't try to sell that. I bought some of that. What was that though? Uh, uh, Towncraft. Oh, Towncraft, but I there was something it. else. I remember Finger Hut being a thing. Well, now I used to buy a lot of stuff from Finger Hut because I could buy it now and pay later. <laughs> okay, but I just feel like there was a thing that people were selling for a little while. Um, it wasn't town craft. That wasn't what I remember, but, uh, I got, I mean, it's like the thing about it is anytime people get into those things, you, you end up just trying to get all your friends and family to buy these things all the time. And some of it's good, but it's only sustainable for a while. Let's talk about this. I always talk about NASCAR and stuff. And I talk about, um, you know, I have an autograph from Kyle Petty on the wall right behind you there. Right. And then you've brought up some pictures uh, from the nineties, from maybe? the nineties with Alan Kowicki and Alan Kowicki drove the Hooters car. I remember being in elementary school at Martin and I remember wearing a Hooters shirt to school. I remember having an ice house shirt that I would wear to school and I had a Marlboro shirt that I would wear to school, <laughs> but the Hooters, the Hooters shirt I used to wear. And I remember a, uh, like some kid, I remember the girl's name, Amanda Price, and she was very smart. And I remember we were always friends, but I remember something where we all had to make some kind of presentation and we all had to say something. We all had a line that we would say. And I remember her line being, and this is in elementary school. She said, I think Hooters is an obscene name for a restaurant. And I remember that. And I felt like it was an attack on me. <laughs> <laughs> but so you were uh, a fan of alan kawicki i was let me tell you how that started okay <laughs> i used to go to my mom my mama's every sunday and she would always have racing on and you know i didn't really want to watch it i'd been to races before but i was wasn't into it so i keep going in and she's watching the races blah 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 well, I think, well, you know, if I'm going to come down here and have to watch them, I might as well pick me out a driver. So I'm sitting there watching it and watching it, and I, I, I see Alan Kowicki's name, and I like I like that name. So I just picked him out. I said, okay, this is who I'm going to pull for. And he drove a number seven, and it wasn't Hooters at the time. It, it was, was Xerox. 
Was it Xerox? Xerox was like a, 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 a air, antifreeze. Antifreeze, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, that's what he drove. I couldn't remember. It was like Z E R E X, I, Z-E-R-E-X, I yeah. think. Right. So I I started pulling for him and and uh, really got into it and was watching every every week and started going to races. I got to see him at race a few times and uh, we went to Atlanta to see him. That's the first time I seen him racing. My little heart just dropped. <laughs> but anyway, he came to Columbus. You and I and Trisha went down to see him and at a Hooters. Yeah, at a Hooters. That's when he started driving for Hooters. And we just had a ball. We stayed down there all afternoon. I mean, just hanging out. He was such a he was such a nice guy. I mean, he he wasn't uppity like a lot of them are, and it was just it was just fun. And then he won the championship right after that, or was uh, that before? I, let me think. I don't remember if it was. I think he won it that year because because he uh, he didn't really race much after he won the championship, you know, because he he died. In uh, April, so he didn't run too much the next year. He won it, won the championship ninety two, and he died in ninety three. But he, when he won, he reversed his car and did a lap around the track. Oh, he in always reverse. did. Yeah, he did. He what they call that the Polish victory lap. Yeah. Yeah, they all do it. Okay. Yeah. But it was he the first. Mm-hmm. He started yeah. that trend. Yeah. How did he die? He died in a plane crash. Dang. Going to Bristol, Tennessee. Dang. That's a fun track. Bristol, yeah, Tennessee. it is a fun track. I've been there once, and it's very loud. Yeah. But, yeah, he was my favorite. And then I kind of pulled for Davy Allison a little bit. You know, I just couldn't get right back into it. But then he died. I said, well, maybe I ought not pull for anybody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he uh, killed them all. And then Gerald liked Dale Earnhardt. Yeah, he got killed in uh, 2001, I think it was. And we were in Talladega when they, or we were in Atlanta Motor Speedway when they had a big pileup, big wreck. Kyle oh, Petty got injured in that, right? Yeah. That was my favorite because right. he drove the Mellow Yellow car. And I liked Mellow Yellow. Yeah. Nothing mellow about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to meet him. I did get to meet him. Got a picture made with him. I can't um, find the picture, though. Do you have the picture? I probably got it somewhere. I can't I find it. I got my it. autograph up there on the wall, but I can't find the picture. His son, Adam, that that later on down the road died in a car crash, was there. Dang, I met some petties. Yeah. I was in Kansas City the other night. Oh, yeah. And I, did a, I talked about Kyle Petty on stage, and some people came off and said they're related to Kyle Petty. Oh, wow. Yeah. But they had masks on. I have no idea what they look like. Oh, wow. Uh. And, you know, I think he, you know, that was his only son, so. That's sad. Yeah. But Racing's a wild game. It is a wild game. Now I'll pull for Chase Elliott. Okay. Yeah, I like him a lot. You know, his dad was. Bill Elliott. Bill Elliott. That's Aust- who Uncle Donald always liked. Austin, what is it, Austin Bill from Dawsonville? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, he won, a, uh, Chase won a championship last year. Okay. Yeah. I haven't watched NASCAR in a long time. And we used to order the pay-per-view wrestling back in the day, too. That was always oh, a lot yeah. of fun, yeah. Remember when we ordered the uh, the Mike Tyson fight, comeback fight? Oh, yeah. That lasted like 40 seconds. <laughs> yeah. We were all so mad. <laughs> you remember Costa and his dad came over for that? We had a house full. Mm. Wow. I don't really remember it. I do. I just remember how disappointed we was paying all that money for 40 seconds. Yeah. Classic rigged boxing. <laughs> okay, well, I think that's going to close us out, I think. 
All right. And uh, I don't know how to close out. Normally I have a comedian on and I'll go, all right, how can they find you? And then they'll give out their social medias Mm -hmm. and all of this, but I don't think you want (laughs) that. Don't look for me. You can't find me (laughs) anywhere. I got a podcast. Oh, yeah. Hannah has a podcast called I Got Dumped. Uh, Oh. It's been doing really well. Yeah. It's a, it's a podcast that takes a philosophic approach to relationships and breakups. I co-host it with Ashley Corby. You can find us at I Got Dumped on Instagram. And I Got Dumped on I Got Dumped podcast on YouTube, www.igotdumpedpodcast.com. That's our website. You can read our blogs. And yeah, check out our, uh, check out our podcast. You'll enjoy it. Boom. Boom. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Had a good time. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you. Uh, thank you thanks, to my Edna. mom. And um, uh, we're having a good time. Okay. That was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Wow, that was a lot of fun. I didn't know that it would be that fun, but we really had a great time. Uh, so uh, I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate you tuning into this. Uh, it's always great. Uh, I just want to, you know, kind of send you off with, you know, positive vibes and feeling good. I appreciate you tuning into the podcast every week. I'm sorry that I've been uh, not as consistent as I'd like to be. Um, but, you know, I got I got stuff going on. I've been seeing the doctors. I mentioned it a little bit, but I did do the colonoscopy this week. Uh, also, uh, an endoscopy where they, t- I guess they take a camera into my throat. And then they take a camera into the other side of my body. And that's pretty weird. Uh, but I was asleep. I went into the hospital and I was on a stretcher and they wheeled me back uh, into a room and there was a lot of people in there and they and they put an IV in me and then the doctor said this to me. He told me what they were going to do. He says, we're going to go into your throat first and then we'll do the colonoscopy. And he said he had these little syringes, which were uh, the sedatives. And he said to me, he said, a lot of people like to go full on sedative and knock you out. He said, me, I like to ease into it. I give you a little bit and then I give you a little bit more and then I give you a little bit more. And all I remember is that. And then I was out and then I woke up in another room. So that's pretty powerful stuff. It's actually pretty scary to know that someone could inject you with that and then shove stuff down your throat and up your butt and you not even know it. That's the scariest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and uh, But I got test results back and they said that I was good. So, um, so I don't have any kind of weird diseases. Um, I just have a ruptured appendix that still exists inside of me. Uh, I've grown accustomed to it. I like having it in there. I like the idea that it's leaking a little bad bacteria into my guts. <laughs> um, but hey, life is good. You know, we had a lot of snow last week, but it has been followed by some sunshine and beautiful clear blue sky. I encourage you to get outside, uh, look up at the sky, just take it in and know that uh, you are important, that you matter, that you have uh, a purpose, and that you are not here uh, just by happenstance. You're not a mistake. You're not an accident. You're not worthless. Even if people have treated you like you are worthless in the past or in the current moment, it is not true. It is their perception of you, but it is not reality. 
You are important. You do mean something. You're not a tiny speck in the existence of the world and the universe in this grand, ever-changing universe. You are an important person that matters, and you matter to other people. You have the ability to affect someone's mood in a positive or a negative way. Choose to impact people in a positive way. Be the type of person that helps someone today. I've said this before, but I encourage you when you're riding down the road and you pull up at a stop sign and the homeless guy or uh, just, um, I don't know if they're homeless, uh, just what do you call it? Uh, what's a word? A panhandler. I think that's a, a not so negative term for, for bum. You know, bum is a word, but nevertheless, when you see that person today, I've been told this by homeless people before, that sometimes they just want somebody to wave at them and smile at them and not just ignore them. And that's what I do. A lot of times I will give money to people because, you know, I have a heart for people. If I ever found myself on the street, I would love for somebody to throw me a couple of bucks to get, uh, to get some food. But I've seen people Make a homeless person stand there while they grab a few coins out of their change bucket to hand to a person. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with giving them change. If all you have is change to give, give them change. I know a lot of people don't carry cash today. So I'm not judging you on the amount of money that you give. And I'm not, I'm not also not trying to say, oh, I give so much money, you should too. Because you don't know what I do. And I'm, but I encourage you to give that person today more money than you normally would. If you normally would give 50 cents, give a dollar. If you normally would give a dollar, give five. If you normally would give five, give 10. Just do it and know that that money does not matter. Now, obviously, if you're super broke and you really, really, really need that money, don't do it. But I encourage you to give a little and don't tell anybody that you did it. Just give it to them. And, and, and if you don't have money to give them, give them a wave, you know, at least say, Hey, I hope you're doing well. Uh, because you know, sometimes if people are alone and they don't feel like they have anybody that cares about them, and then you won't make eye contact with them because you feel guilty that you're not giving them money, then they feel even more worthless. But at least if you give them a wave and a smile, I, I always try to not ask how you're doing because I feel like if you're out panhandling, you're probably not doing that good. But I try to just say, hey, you know, I try to give a wave just to acknowledge that they are a human being. And when you go to a gas station today or a grocery store, you know, say hey to the cashier. How you doing? I hope you're doing well. Acknowledge people. Ask people. Because I feel like sometimes we can all get so into a routine that uh, people working somewhere are just people that work somewhere. And we forget that they're human beings, that when they clock out, they have real problems that they're dealing with. That problem may be that they have a lot of kids, or maybe they have a high rent, or maybe they have struggling medical costs, or maybe they just are alone. Maybe they don't have a lot of friends, and maybe it's by their own choice. Maybe they've messed up so many times that nobody wants anything to do with them. But nevertheless, they have real feelings. 
And I think that if each of us, as we go throughout our days, uh, are nice to people, we hold the door for each other, we say little niceties like, how you doing? I hope everything's going well. Um, I think the more we do that, the more we get comfortable with that, the more, the more we become, um, you know, uh, people that benefit each other and, and share positivity, I think we can all make each other happier. Uh, when I was in New York, and I never lived in New York for a long time, and I can, I can, I can see how if you're in a city like that, uh, you will get more closed off and not want to talk to people in public all the time. I can see that. But when I would go into businesses and stuff, uh, the tendency to carry the kind of attitude I had on the street into that restaurant still existed. Like I was like, I was so closed off. I would often wear the earbuds. Uh, but I wouldn't have any music going. I would want to listen to people around me, but I would want them to think that I couldn't hear them so they wouldn't talk to me. And I think that's fine for the streets, especially in New York City, right? Because you're like, ah, you don't know who's trying to talk to you. But once I got inside a restaurant, I would still want to carry that attitude with me. But, but I found that once I actually started talking to people in businesses, well, they're the same as any other place I've ever been to. So I just think, being nice to people, sometimes we don't want to talk to our Uber driver because we think, oh, gosh, I don't want to hear what they have to say. But um, maybe that person just needs somebody to talk to. They just need somebody to listen to them. And you can be that person. And I just think that, uh, and I'm not telling you to do anything that I'm not trying to do in my own life. And I definitely struggle doing these things too. But I think that the more we get... I actually, uh, I used to work, when I sold pesticides, I used to work for this guy named Stu Barber. I've talked about that before. And he was an old guy. He was like late 60s when I started working for him. And uh, n n not that that's so old, but it doesn't matter. And he, I, I used to talk to him about wanting to date. I was young and I didn't really understand dating. Too old to not understand dating, but I was in a learning phase. And I, I think that I'm constantly in a learning phase. So I can always look back at past times and go, and look at myself and go, ooh, what an idiot, right? And I wasn't an idiot. I was just learning. But I think if you're always learning, then you always look back and see yourself dumber than you are today. I think it's good. If you can look back at yourself in the past and go, wow, I'm better than that now, then that means you're progressing. And I think that's great. But I told Stu that there was a girl that worked at a Lowe's that I liked. And I said, she got a new hairstyle today. And I really like that. I like her hairstyle. And he said, well, you should tell her that you like her hairstyle. And I was uncomfortable complimenting her. And Stu told me, he said, just get into a habit of complimenting people. He said, compliment your friends, compliment dudes, compliment women, compliment people around you so that you're comfortable complimenting people. That way, when you compliment the girl that you like, you don't sound like a weirdo. You don't sound disingenuine because you're used to complimenting people. And I think that that's great advice. And I think giving people real compliments uh, matter, right? I've complimented people's shoes before and then they would say something like, oh, everybody's been complimenting these. And it will make you feel like, oh, I didn't come up with an original compliment. 
but it doesn't matter. Don't let people make you feel bad about complimenting something that other people have complimented. Uh, anybody who's, uh, you know, people can get arrogant about things, but I also think it's important, you know, you don't, you know, and I, I think I've said this before, but it's like, you know, you don't walk up to a woman and go, nice boobs, you know what I mean? <laughs> or, or, or if they have big boobs, you don't compliment the words on their shirt, right? But, you know, there's always things about people that you can compliment that won't be sexual, that won't be hitting on them. And people enjoy them. And I think people more than ever need compliments. And uh, I find myself complimenting dudes more often than women just because I don't want to be perceived as hitting on women. But I think if you're a female listener, you know, you can you can fill that that void of, you know, complimenting women. Um because if you're complimenting dudes, they're going to think you're hitting on them. I mean, I can't deny that. I mean, what guy hasn't gotten a small compliment from a girl and gone, oh, yeah, she wants to bang, you know? But uh, I know that's what people think, uh, so I get it. But I just uh, – I feel like I'm rambling a bit here at the end, but I just uh, I just think that it's – I don't know. I think it's a positive message about just being nicer to each other in general – and I think the more you're nice to people without overthinking it, the more people are going to begin to be nice, the more you're going to see it. And it's a message of positivity. And when you go into a place and you treat the person that's perceived as the lowliest person in the room the same way you would treat the highest status person in the room, the better you're going to start to view life in general. Now, I don't mean, like if I'm, you know, working a club, I don't, I'm not, I don't try to be annoying about it. I'm not just, I try to say hey to everyone. But obviously the person that's paying me, I'm probably going to give the most attention to if they're seeking it because they're actually paying me and I want to give them their due respect. But if there's a janitor coming into the room, the green room, I'm not going to be a jerk to the janitor. I'm going to ask the janitor how they're doing. What's going on with you? And chances are I'll probably be more friends, better friends with the janitor than the club owner. Because growing up the way I grew up, honestly, I feel more comfortable talking to the janitor. I feel like I got more in common with the janitor than a person who's got a lot of money. I've always been that way. I mean, when I worked in Lowe's, my job was to make friends with the store manager. But I felt a lot more comfortable uh, hanging out with the person that is working a two-week notice than I did the person who's made their career at Lowe's, if that makes sense. That's just always been how I am. So it's a little easier for me to do that because that's who I connect with. But I do think that there are people out there that are opportunist. They only want to talk to people if it benefits them. They're not interested in talking to someone that doesn't advance their career. That's always what turned me off a little bit about L.A. And not that everybody's like that. I've made some, uh, I've had some really good times in L.A., but I, I've felt like at times associating with people at clubs and at showcases is they want to really have, and comedy festivals can be like this too. They want to really have communication with the person they feel like is on the up and up because they are trying to advance their career. And believe me, I get trying to advance your career, but I never want to get ahead if it means stepping on another person. 
I think there are people that get things that don't deserve them, and I think that there are people that don't get things that do deserve them. But I never want to get things by stepping on another person. It doesn't make me feel good, and I don't, I don't believe in karma per se, uh, but I do believe that you know the energy you put out into the world uh, will come back on you. And I'm just, I would rather help people than hurt them. Even if, even at the, the um, uh, you know, I, I don't know the word, but even at my own expense, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I think that if we're all looking out for each other, we're going to be better. We're going to be better for it. I don't feel threatened by younger comedians than myself. In fact, I want to help them. It brings me a lot of joy to see other people succeed. Um, especially it makes me feel good if I've had a hand in, in their success, uh, makes me a lot happier than trying to hold that person down. All right. I'm, I'm going on and on. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're having a good time. Come see me in Dalton, Georgia at the mill. Boom. <laughs>